0: This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 511 with Myrna Valerio. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 511. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms This episode is brought to you by EveryPlate, America's best value meal kit delivered right to your door, totally contact free. To try EveryPlate for just $1.99 per meal, plus an additional 20% off your next two boxes, go to everyplate.com and enter the code SHAMELESS199. Myrna Valerio is a native of Brooklyn, New York, a former educator, cross-country coach, ultra-marathoner, and author of the best-selling memoir, A Beautiful Work in Progress. Although she began running in high school, she recommitted to the sport after a health scare in 2008 and started her blog, Fat Girl Running, about her experiences as a larger woman in a world of thinner endurance athletes while training for her first marathon. Myrna's athletic story has been featured in The Wall Street Journal, Runner's World, and on NBC Nightly News, CNN, and in the viral REI-produced documentary short, The Myrna Vader. Her writing has been featured in Women's Running Magazine, Self Magazine Online, Outside Online, and Runner's World Magazine. In 2018, she was chosen as one of the National Geographic Adventurers of the Year and most recently appeared on The Kelly Clarkson Show, Access Hollywood, and the short Running Through Barriers, produced by L.L. Bean. So Myrna is someone I have coveted to have on the show. I've been admiring her and stalking her, and I mean... If there has been someone commenting on all of her Facebook posts this last year, it's Sarah Dean. And so here's the thing. I have known about Myrna for quite a while. And when a friend of mine, Beth Baker, shout out Beth Baker, because she's been on the show, my friend Beth was like, hey, you should have my friend Myrna on the show. And I was like, Myrna's too cool. She's too cool to have on this show. I just, it's not possible. So she's been on my list for a long time. And I had the opportunity to meet her about a year and a half ago. She was Everything I wanted her to be just funny and inspirational. Like she makes you laugh, she makes you cry, she makes you hold your breath. And then she like tells you just what you need to hear and you exhale and she's just all the things. She's so fabulous and incredibly fierce. She's a force to be reckoned with for sure. And I'm just consistently inspired by her. So I've been doing a decent amount of stalking to build our friendship. I say friendship, I don't know if she would call it that. I think maybe she would, but I've spent a lot of time circling Myrna now and we've built a bit of a relationship between Facebook conversations and then I've attended some similar events and I've actually gone to I went to an online event that she hosted earlier this year around diversity equity and inclusion she's such a fabulous educator in so many ways and I'm just beyond honored to have her here so I could gush and gush and gush but I'm going to stop for now and tell you why you should listen in so listen in to hear Myrna share how she is discerning around who gets her time and energy Why she participated in NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month, and how it's been transformational to her. What your identity truly is and how it dictates how you interact with the world. How she's leaning into different parts of her identity and learning new things in 2020 and beyond. How she manages haters. How she steps into fear as she steps into new partnerships, especially her new position with Lululemon. How anxiety shows up for her and how she's learned to manage it. How she helped Will Smith, yes, that Will Smith, train for a half marathon, and the best lesson she learned from your friend and mine, Will Smith. So this is a really fun conversation. Buckle up. You're going to take some notes. You're going to laugh. You're going to love it. You might want to listen more than once. Let's go ahead and welcome Myrna Valerio to the Shameless Mom Academy. Myrna, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me on. So I have to tell everyone how we know each other since now we go way back. So we met each other previous to COVID. So that was like 18 years ago, but really like 18 months ago, probably. But we met each other at an event and we actually have a mutual friend, Beth Baker, who forever was like, you got to get Myrna on your show. And then we ended up together at an event that Rachel Rogers was running. And I was like, oh, Myrna, I got to get her on my show. (laughs) So here we are. Here we are 30 years later right, 30 years later. Yes. So I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so honored because I know that your schedule is packed with amazing opportunities and doing podcasts is not something that you frequently do anymore. So thank you. Thank you for being here.
1: Well, I really appreciate it. And I still do a lot of podcasts, but I'm trying to be a little bit more judicious about the ones that I'll go on. Mm. Yeah, I am trying to be very choosy (laughs) about how I
0: spend my time and who I actually want to talk to. Okay. This is really important. Really, really important. So I'm glad that you brought that up. I think that, I mean, tell us a little bit about like your, so this piece around how you spend your time and who you want to talk to energy is a finite thing. (laughs) We Mm -hmm. only have so much to give to so many people. And so how do you decide who gets the best of you and who gets your energy?
1: You know, it's been a very long learning process (laughs) in terms of guarding my time and energy because I've been presented in the last seven or so years with so many awesome opportunities, ways to connect with people, you know, and at one point it still is overwhelming, (laughs) but at Mm. one point it it got so overwhelming that I got annoyed every time anyone asked me to do anything. And I didn't want to feel that way because I do try to live in gratitude for everything that I get to do in my life, but then it was, it was too much. And so I'll tell you what I'm doing now in this month of November. I am actually participating in NanoRiMo National Novel Writing Month, and I'm not oh, a fiction so, writer. You have to tell us everything about what you're
2: doing with this. <laughs> oh I'm my goodness! So
1: oh my goodness! It's been so good to me and for me. I, you know, I'm not a fiction writer. I am. Uh, I'm an essayist. I write nonfiction. I wrote my memoir. I was working on a second before I started doing the NanoRiMo. And what this very, very intentional three or so hours a day of me doing something that I love to do, which is being creative and putting words on paper or the computer, (laughs) has really given me back this creative time. And then when I have creative time, when I'm able to read, when I'm able to write and tend to myself, tend to my spiritual self, tend to my physical self, you know, as a runner or as an athlete, then I'm able to do everything else. And I'm much more productive and I, you know, and I, productive meaning that I get done the things that I need to get done. I'm not trying to like do everything now. Well, that's a lie. I still try to do everything. <laughs> I'm better at it. And I'm better at managing my time because I don't now feel like people are imposing on my time and imposing on, you know, what I need to do for myself. And so I've made this decision to say no to things that I don't want to do or that don't feed me, or that are not good for my community, and to say yes to myself, and also to say yes to the things that I love doing.
0: I love it. So for people who aren't familiar, NaNoWriMo is National Novel Writing Month, and it's the month of November, and you write, like, is it 50,000 words over the course of the month so that you have a novel at the end? Yes, it's 50,000
1: words. I am currently, I just wrote this number down, I'm currently at 30,514 words. That's That's after a short session this morning. So We're amazing halfway done and <laughs> it's been a trip.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. So so great. Okay. So one of the things I want to talk to you about is identity and this. So I'm love that like you've already covered a handful of ways that you identify. When I listened to you speak back at the event where we first met in person one of the things I was so intrigued by was all the different ways that you identify. And there was even, it's even as I've gotten to know you a little bit, Hmm. mostly through stalking online, if I'm being honest, (laughs) there's these pieces that like keep coming out. So one of the things that came out when I did a workshop with you a while ago, you were like, yeah, so most people don't know that I'm married. (laughs) And so I love that you have all these components to your identity. And then things that are like fairly common, like, you know, a life partner. (laughs) Like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. I have one of those too. So can you talk about the different pieces of your identity and what are the ways that you're identifying right now that you're embracing?
1: Sure. Wow. Yeah. And I am married. I've been married for 20 years and it's interesting because my husband doesn't do social media. He's West African. He's in Burkina Faso right now. It's kind of tough to get back here. And so it's always a surprise because people who have known me since, say, 2015 and later don't often see my husband. But people who knew me before then are very, very you know, well acquainted with him. And so I've got those two halves of my life <laughs> coming at me. So yes, I'm married. I have a kid who is 17 and surly. <laughs> I'm Black. I'm fat. That is another way that I identify. I am cisgendered. I'm a liberal. <laughs> Um, I'm loving all of these and a bleeding heart liberal. I am a writer. I am a singer. I um one of my degrees is in in vocal performance, classical music, and opera. I am also a pianist, but I don't perform for people because the only thing that makes me nervous in my life is playing piano for people in a performance, (laughs) which is crazy. You know, I'm also afraid of thunder, but that's another thing. And that's how I identify.
0: <laughs> so I think it's a agoraphobia. So, an yeah. agoraphobic. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love all these different ways that you identify. And first of all, I think that when most of us talk about identity, we think of like two things about ourselves. And I love that you're just like, here's 18 things, 18 ways <laughs> I identify. Because I think if any of us dug deep, we could find more ways that we identify. And I think it's important that we acknowledge all that. Can you talk a little bit about identity and specific to 2020. And I'm asking this because when I heard you speak, it was really around being a runner who doesn't look like a conventional runner. Mm -hmm. And specifically, you were talking about kind of how impact of that and hate mail that you get and all the ways that you have to kind of manage people's reactions to how you show up in the world. But then in 2020, I've also seen you show up, you say you're a bleeding heart liberal, which I love (laughs) because I embrace that from that identity myself. I've also seen you show up in the activist space and as an educator, and I, I know that you've been an educator for a long time, but I've seen that you like drawing on parts of your identity and showing up in different ways that I hadn't previously seen. Previously, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, <laughs> Myrna the runner. And then this year I'm like, oh, Myrna, like the person I took the diversity, equity and inclusion class from. So can you talk about identity in 2020 and what, sure. what you've been really stepping into?
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things I think people... Have to be, or have to, or should have more education about is what identity actually is Mm -hmm. and what it is all of the things we do, all of the places we live, all of the things that we believe in that make us who we are and formulate our perspective of for the world and our vision of the world and how we walk through the world, you know, how we interact, how we react to people, you know, how we behave in certain situations, all of that is identity. You know, I do have all of these varying aspects of identity that are a part of me and that you don't always see, right? So as you said, you knew Myrna the runner,
0: Right. And I was (laughs) really
1: impressed with her. I mean,
0: I was like, that's plenty good for me.
1: (laughs) But I'm also Myrna, the teacher, the diversity facilitator, because I was a teacher for 18 years. And um, the last 15 of those 18 years, I was doing diversity education in addition to teaching Spanish and music, because I'm also a musician. So (laughs) I don't necessarily utilize or call upon all of those different identities when I'm, you know, in different situations, but they do exist and they always, always inform, you know, how I live. And so when the, I won't say the rebirth of racism, because it's always been a constant in, Unfortunately. in the world, but when I, but when white people, discovered that racism was still a thing. And we say that like kind of
0: tongue in cheek, but that's unfortunately so literally true. And
1: it is, you know, person of color. I've, you know, it's a constant part of my life, but Mm -hmm. you know, that I have to deal with on a daily basis, even though I live in a very, very liberal, very blue state. And so when this happened with the deaths of Ahmaud Arbery, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, among others, many others and others that are still occurring Until today, there was a sort of rebirth or renaissance of social justice movements, particularly aimed at racial justice and racial equity. And I was getting a lot of emails, a lot of texts, a lot of messages about, hey, Myrna, can you um, teach me all about racism? (laughs) Hey, can you just tell me what to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to learn? You know, how, what kind of conversations should I be having? What, what do I need to read? Can Um, I
0: ask, were people asking you this because they knew of your background as an educator in this space or were people coming to you like, well, Hey, you're my black friend. Can you teach me all these things?
1: It was a combination of both. And it was overwhelming. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then because I am an entrepreneur and because I was really, really committed to guarding my time. And energy and equity work is really, it saps your energy and it's soul crushing. Mm -hmm. But I said, well, I'll teach you, but I'm, I'm going to make you pay because it's going to be a real lesson. It's going to be a real workshop. It's I'm a professional. This is what I do, what I have done professionally, and I know what I'm doing. So I'll make you pay, (laughs) you know, put two dates on the calendar. And then I reworked several different curricula that I had had previously for a new audience, for an, an audience that perhaps never had done anything in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then I had to add this anti-racism module to it as well. And it you know, took a lot of work, and but it was, I will tell you that I felt so myself when mm-hmm. I was putting this course together and I enjoyed it. It was really tough, but I got back into sort of my intellectual self. I was forced to do more research and reading, which is what I love to do. It was a departure from the work that I had done at school because at school I was working for someone Mm -hmm. and there were some restrictions as to how I could present the work and how I could do it and what sorts of conversations I could have. But this was my class. And I got to do it my way. And that is what just really lit a fire
0: within me to to get it going. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. (laughs) And so every uh, season of the show is I swear it's like,
1: And you know, so many people signed up, I thought maybe 20 people would
2: sign up.
0: I remember you shared we were in a Facebook group and you shared you were like <laughs> thinking about doing this and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm signing up, I'm signing up my whole team and like, <laughs> I was like, this is gonna go catch on like wildfire. And it and, did. Oh, my God. So I had
1: hundred around 150 people in that first class. and That's then amazing. you know, it's not even on my website. It's not on my website <laughs> at all. but I've basically been doing this course full-time <laughs> wow. since then. And so, yeah, I just booked a major outdoor company for three classes in one week for all of their employees. And I think that my approach, my approach is, is somewhat different from other approaches. I really come from a very pedagogical perspective. I want it to be experiential learning. I want to present a concept and then you immediately work on it in a small oh. group. And you're also, you are in the class, You're not allowed to ask questions, right? Because questions very, very often are Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-centered. They derail the work and then everyone's focused on you. Mm -hmm. and not the actual work at hand. So yeah, I got to formulate the class on my, you know, within my own needs and wants. And it's been a really good learning experience for me and hopefully for everyone that has participated in my my classes. So yeah, this year has actually been, you know, a huge gift of of course, with that caveat to me and allowing me to do everything that I do, everything that I know how to do, everything that I love to do. Yeah. Writing, singing. I'm, a, you know, I'm an opera singer, so I've been taking voice lessons again, and that has fed my soul in different ways. I've, I had an injury and surgery on my knee, and I suddenly became a cyclist.
0: <laughs> and I swear, you make cycling look like the most fun thing in the world. And I will tell you, I would like to embrace cycling more, but I'm like scared of rain and wind and falling off the bike and all sorts of things that I can't control. And so I'm like, running's way safer. Oh, yeah. So you make cycling look like, I'm like, oh, I kind of want to become a cyclist after watching Myrna and all. Well, you
1: should. And I wasn't a cyclist. I, you know, I, I knew how to ride a bike because I had this injury. I couldn't run. And, you know, I found myself spiraling into this hole of depression and anxiety because I couldn't mm. run because that is major part of my identity. And when we lose parts of our identity or we don't have access to those parts of our identity, it really affects us in many, many different ways. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to need to pick up something else so I can continue training so I can continue to be happy.
0: Yeah. You talk about running being such a part of your identity and not only was it a part of your, or is it a personal part of your personal identity, but it's also part of your professional identity. And so I'm curious if having, like, was that scary professionally to think like, oh, but like people are expecting this certain thing of me and I can't do that right now. Oh, hell yeah.
1: <laughs> it was very scary. And my mom was worried, you know, are you going to be able to keep your sponsorships? Right. If you can't run. And, you know, financially it's scary to me because mm-hmm. of course, you know, COVID happened in March and that is when my knees started to just act really, really wonky. And so I was scared. <laughs> But, you know, I was still able to go out and, you know, be the outdoors person that I am to show that on my social, which is part of my job. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I get paid for, right. um, which is amazing, and, yeah, it, is, right. it is really incredible. I get paid to be me, you know, and it's, right. I'm not complaining. I have no complaints. And or as we say in my community, I am mad. <laughs> yeah. So that was a little scary, but I'm all about pivoting. I'm all about reconfiguring. And that's what this entire year is about. We have to pivot. Totally. We have to reconfigure. We have to do things differently. And so I had to do things differently. I had to find a new sport or several new sports. Yeah. I'm talking with a skiing brand right now. <gasps> Stop. Um, oh, so
0: I'm already ready to see. I'm and I know you the... ski. I've seen your pictures. Yes. But do you know, I don't know if you know about my relationship with skiing. I'm absolutely. I know it's not a very. I'm terrified. Uh, it's a love hate one, right? I'm so scared of it, but I make yeah. myself do it.
1: Exactly. And I'm also terrified. I like doing it when it's right. And I've only had a couple of lessons of a couple of downhill lessons, but I'm like, I'm in, I want to learn. I want to add something else to my resume, just to my life resume. Right. As Jesse yeah. Bitzler says, and, you know, because it's a new thing and we should all be learning new things all the time. Yeah, And, you know, that's what cycling has been for me, you know, again, I knew how to ride a bike, but I didn't really know how to ride a bike with all the gears and the this and the that and the hand signals and getting on the bike, a huge barrier for lots of people. I didn't even know. And so I hired a coach who was Max and Max has been uh, my cycling savior. and you know I went from no bikes to four bikes. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's my cycling sponsor and so that is a part of my identity now as a beginning cyclist as a new cyclist who is just exploring and discovering things and so yeah. that's also been a gift of this year exploring discovery. Yeah. yeah, so I'm a pretty happy chica. You know I don't get enough sleep. <laughs> Not everything is, you know, perfect and super all the time but I really I am at.
0: <laughs> yes. This episode is supported by EveryPlate. So, you know, one of the more disappointing things of 2021 is that dinner is still a thing. Why? Why is dinner still a thing? Why can't we cancel dinner? We canceled everything else in the last year, right? So, all kidding aside, I'm so excited to be partnering with Every Plate again. So, Every Plate is America's best value meal kit. You're going to get meals that you enjoy and your bank account will love you when these meals get delivered right to your door totally contact-free. Think of it this way, one meal from Every Plate is the same price as one cup of coffee. These dinners are less expensive and more fulfilling alternatives to takeout or delivery. More bang for your buck and who doesn't want that, right? So here's the thing planning dinner takes up a lot of mental space. I don't know about you, but like there's days where I'm like for three hours thinking like, oh my gosh, what are we going to have? What are we going to have? So you don't have to do that anymore. You can in advance, you go to everyplate.com, you check out all their recipe options or their menu options. They have 14 recipes per week. I have every time I've gone, I've been able to find more than enough things to choose from. And I've even been able to find things where I'm like, okay, like Vince and I'll have this, but Vinny will want that. And like You know, mix it all up. There's always plenty of great options featuring a range of flavors and ingredients so you never get bored. And here's what I love. When everything gets sent to you, you are given a recipe card with easy to follow directions and everything's pre-portioned, so it's really easy. You're just like dumping things into your pan. You're not measuring things, you're not pulling out a million ingredients from your fridge trying to figure out, do I actually have like a tablespoon of this and a teaspoon of that? No, it's just all right there, all totally done. It's super, super simple. Every plate makes it easy and affordable to cook hearty, delicious, family-pleasing meals. Okay, so if you wanna get started with Every Plate and try them out, it's so inexpensive, It's kind of a must-do because here's the thing. Having dinner planned creates mental space, and that is one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself, right? For managing the mental load of motherhood. So here we go. To try EveryPlate, you're going to go to everyplate.com and use the code SHAMELESS199 because here's what the is all about. You get to try EveryPlate for just $1.99 per meal plus an additional 20% off your next two boxes when you go to everyplate.com and use the code SHAMELESS199. So get started with EveryPlate again for just $1.99 per meal, plus an additional 20% off another two weeks by going to EveryPlate.com and entering the code SHAMELESS199. That's up to a $100 value. So go check it out. EveryPlate.com, code SHAMELESS199. Okay, so I want to ask you about showing up in spaces as a cyclist, as a runner, showing up in spaces and not looking the traditional part. And... First of all, I'm curious if there's nerves and anxiety around showing up. So for example, people have an image in their head of what a runner quote unquote should look like. And so typically like 25 year old, maybe 112 pound size zero, female, white woman (laughs) kind of image. That's not you. And I would say probably similar to a cyclist. And so I'm curious about like showing up in a space where you look different than people who traditionally show up in those spaces. And also I know that you have received Feedback, i um, like feedback is a kind word mm. for some of what you've received. We don't need to be so kind. I'm curious about. <laughs> I'm curious about the feedback, the response that you've gotten that has not been positive, and how do you manage that, and how do you keep going? Because then there's people like me who just absolutely idolize you, and so. I imagine like you have to pick every day. Like, am I going to show up for the people who idolize me? Or am I going to listen to the haters and give them, let any of that get to me? Sure. You know, I will actually say that I don't
1: look very different from people that show up at races. There are lots of us that are fat.
0: <laughs> yes. I'm thinking more like what we yeah. think about in the so, media. But so, but yes, but yeah. So yeah
1: so, I was gonna, so, yeah. so like, I don't look different. There are lots of us out there. Lots of us have different, differing body sizes, different races, different genders, I mean, all over the gender spectrum, but it is not what we see in media represented in media right. represented in, you know, in the magazines and advertising and marketing. That's not what we see. It's changing over the last mm-hmm. couple of years. It has definitely changed. And there's always backlash. To seeing a non skinny, non chiseled someone who has a tummy <laughs> and love handles on the cover of a magazine, perhaps, or in on twelve pages of Runner's World because my mom counted. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and sometimes those reactions have been violent—not physically violent, but violent in their in the words that are spewed out and in, in the vitriol that is um, hurled at, you know, whether it's the magazine or the person that is being portrayed. And, you know, I definitely have been the recipient of that. It's not as frequent now, but, you know, in 2017, when I was doing a 50K in North Carolina and I was being profiled by REI for their Force of Nature series you know, um, featuring um, women in the outdoors, I was doing this 50K. And right near the end, I get an email from someone who put running as the subject, this email. uh, It was a work email.
0: (laughs) We just have uh, to clarify that you were checking an email in the middle of a race because when you're
1: doing an ultra, like you have time to check emails. (laughs) I mean, 31 miles is a really long time. And I wasn't (laughs) in a hurry. (laughs) Right.
0: right. This isn't like a 20 minute race.
2: This is many,
1: many
0: hours where you like need distractions. So you're just going to pop into your your inbox real quick. And I will definitely
1: say that I have also checked email at a 5k. So, I mean, (laughs) which is not a 20 minute race for me, (laughs) but you know, I saw I was doing that and you know, my friends were with me and and I'm reading this email and the first line of the email is you are a fraud. Mind you that entire week I'd been on TV three times and I was on CNN twice. And then I had been on the show who wants to be a millionaire as well. Amazing. And I'm figuring it, I'm figuring that it was this guy who, uh, cause it was a guy, you know, from what I could tell and from what all the people on my social media could tell when they looked for him. You know, he was mad. He was seeing too much of me. I was being celebrated. He didn't like that. He didn't like that I was fat. He didn't like that I was slow. He didn't like that I was a fake runner. He thought I was a fake runner. I'm not a fake runner. I run slow, and sometimes I walk, but I'm I definitely run,
0: and I am a runner. I don't think there's uh, such thing as a fake runner.
1: Is well, there? you know, apparently some what people think there is. I don't even know. <laughs> He'd see my fake running videos where I pretend to run. And so, you know, yeah. so like, just like you said, people have these notions about what a runner is, what they should look like, how fast they should run, you know, how often you should run (laughs) and, you know, whether or not you should always finish a race and whether you should be competitive and whether you should always be trying to be fast. And, you know, I'm, I'm none of those. I mean, I'm competitive with myself Mm -hmm. and, you know, if I'm at the finish line and there's somebody else, I'm going to be competitive (laughs) and, you know, and petty, But, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, otherwise, you know, I run slow. So right after this interview, I am going to go on my first run after not having really run, except for experimenting with my knee for about five months and I'm scared. I'm full of fear, but I love running so much that my love overrides any fear I might have. Mm,
0: I love that. I want to talk about fear. And I don't know if you were done talking about managing haters. If you want to go Mm. back to managing haters, you can, and how you've worked through that or how you ignore that now. But I'm also curious about how you step into fear. And those, I don't know if those two might be related.
1: As far as managing haters, I, you know, I really try not to give them any more real estate Mm -hmm. in my brain and in my heart it's not worth it. I'm not going to change anyone's minds and I'm not trying to change anyone's minds. Would I like to? Absolutely. Would I like to change people's behavior? Yeah. But I'm there for, I'm out here for the people that need to see me and actually Mm -hmm. the haters need to see me as well. So no, I'm. I don't read the comments anymore. In fact, (laughs) by the time this airs, it will be public that I am on the Lululemon team right? And Yay, look at you. Uh, yeah, thank you. And that's huge for so many reasons, for so, so, so many reasons. And, you know, we've been back and forth about my concern about how they are going to handle the fat phobia, which I know 1000% mm-hmm. will come
0: mm-hmm. when
1: they announce this weekend. And, and so they're working on it, because I'm watching and other people are watching how they handle it. Just like when you're at you know, the Thanksgiving table, which we're not going to be at the Thanksgiving table, right? Not right. With, in big numbers. Anyway, right. you know, at our virtual Thanksgiving table, mm. <laughs> you know, when someone says something racist or sexist or really inappropriate, and we just kind of let it go. We're not doing that, you know, because mm-hmm. people are watching, your kids are watching, other adults are watching and learning what's okay, and what's not. So we'll see how that is handled. And, but, you know, I will try not to read the comments. I love reading the, the great comments. It is hurtful and traumatic. Yeah. To read the bad comments, and then, no, I can't just wash it off. Mm-hmm. You know, no, I can't just ignore them. No, I shouldn't just be grateful, <laughs> for the fact that I have a platform. Right. No, and my and you know, as my son says, mom, it's the internet. <laughs> what, do you, what do you expect? You know, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I think the more that we accept that, the worse is going to get. So I don't accept that. I don't accept just you know allowing people to just say whatever the hell they want on social media because the. I'm a real human being. Other people are real human beings with real feelings, with real hearts, mm-hmm. with real hopes and dreams. And the more we crack that down, you know, the more society crumbles.
0: Absolutely. And it's awful to see it happen. And it will be interesting to see what happens with Lululemon. I mean, that's a massive partnership. So congratulations. That's so Thank exciting. You. Thank you. And I'm so also, I'm, does that feel risky? I mean, it sounds like you sense that there's some risk around this because of who they tend to attract.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I've, you know, I've been on their socials for a long time and they do attract a very specific sort of body type, a very specific sort of person who thinks that they know what mm-hmm. athletics mm-hmm. is. Athletics is a lot of different things, or who an athlete is, or, you know, what types of bodies they should clothe. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, that goes for any brand. I get a lot. Oh, well you're promoting obesity. First of all, that, what does that even mean? (laughs) They're promoting obesity by showcasing a woman who is fat in their clothing. So So it is very absurd, but people keep parroting this language Mm -hmm. when it becomes like a mantra,
0: (laughs) but the more you keep showing up, the more it changes the conversation.
1: Yes. Which I think is
0: so important. And I mean, Like, I'll just say, thank you for taking the chance to show up in the Lululemon space, because it's only if someone takes that chance to get into that space that Mm -hmm. the conversation within that space can start to shift.
1: Right. And they've already started to do that internal work, which is really Mm -hmm. cool to see. Yeah. And now it's a matter of really making it uh, known
0: Mm -hmm. to
1: their customer base into the world I think that's really really important and I'm really excited to be part of that it's you know I still haven't grasped (laughs) how enormous this is yeah with Kizik Hands Free Shoes motion sounds
2: something like this Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion with over 200 patents and easy on easy off
1: technology you'll never have to touch your shoes again there are hundreds of
2: styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. Mm. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks.
0: It's a big Mm. deal. Mm. One of the things that stood out to me when I met you 18 months slash 18 years ago before COVID (laughs) um, was how kind of humbly you accept everything. Kind of like it's not that big of a deal. It's just this thing. It's fine, whatever. (laughs) And so I love that you're like, I understand. I haven't grasped that this is a really big deal. And I'm curious if you recognize or acknowledge that something's a big deal. Do you have fear around walking into it and kind of bringing us back to fear? Like, how do you walk into fear? How do you walk into something where you're like, Oh, this is a big deal. And also like this, I could be opening myself up to Mm. some challenges here.
1: Yeah, I know that walking into anything like this, I will be confronted with challenges. I will be confronted with haters. I will be confronted with just the enormity of a situation. And that is scary. But I, you know, just like I'm scared of thunder and there's a whole chapter in my book about my fear of thunder. I mean, it's that huge in my life that there's a whole chapter dedicated to it, but, you know, I can still hold the fear. I can hold it and I can acknowledge that it's there, but I go anyway, and it's a really heady feeling. It's really, you know, scary. And yeah. it fills me with anxiety. I know I look
0: calm, cool, and collected. And that's how <laughs> it presents. But I have a lot of anxiety. But can, I can you talk a little bit about how that shows up for you? Because I have a lot of anxiety and I know a lot of our listeners do. Yeah. So this is a relatable topic for our people. How does anxiety show up for you? My anxiety
1: shows up as me being afraid to finish things. Like I start lots of things. I have so much energy. I'm an ideator. Like one of my top five Mm. Clifton strengths is ideation. But the ideation part scares me because I have lots of great ideas, but I'm afraid of bringing them to fruition because then I'll be responsible for them. Mm. (laughs) You know, I'm responsible for the outcome and I don't always want that pressure. So yeah, I have anxiety about finishing things, but being responsible for the outcome, which is reality, right? Right. (laughs) we are responsible for the outcomes of what we do. And, you know, I don't want to disappoint myself. I don't want to disappoint anyone else. Mostly I don't want to disappoint myself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes that is the function of that is stopping me in my tracks or, you know, the other thing that I, the other way that anxiety manifests itself in my life is just not, you know, feeling crazy and not and really thinking that my disorganization is going to be my downfall. Mm. And actually, it's not really disorganization. It's that I just have so many things going on, so many awesome things going on all the time. I can't always pick and choose which ones are the priorities. And actually, I will say that when I thought I was having this anxiety dream about whatever I was having anxiety about (laughs) this one particular day, I had Natalie Miller, who's one of the coaches in our Facebook group. She did a dream interpretation for me. And she said, actually, this doesn't seem like anxiety to me. It's your thought process. It's the way things work themselves out in your brain. Mm. And so she had me go through this gestalt method of dream interpretation. And, And what it was that I had to embody everything in my dream and to see what its function in my life was. And so it was this really, really cool way of thinking about, oh, this is how I process things. And this is how I get them done because I always get them done.
0: And is that like totally comforting? That's it, as someone who manages anxiety and yeah, especially yeah, in the yeah. middle of the night, that's so comforting to be like, "Oh, this is just me processing," yes. versus like, "Oh my yes. gosh, I should be worrying." Yes,
1: exactly. And you know, I was so mind blown. I I couldn't <laughs> stop thinking about. Oh my goodness, this is the way that I think, and this is the way that I do projects, and I, not everyone understands that about me, and so that's what the where that's where the anxiety is from. It's them not understanding that you know, I take on a lot of things and I do it in my own way. And then when I actually need to do it, I sit down and I devote a couple of hours to it and it gets done and it's good. So that's how I manage that anxiety when I, knowing that it exists, knowing that what the anxiety is for me, just my work
0: process, my thought process, and then I can move on. I love it. So good. So relatable. Mamas, quick break to tell you something I'm so excited about. So this only happens twice a year, and this is the first time in 2021 that enrollment is going to be opening up for Momentum Mamas for a very brief time next week only. And I don't want you to miss out. So if you don't already get my email announcements, you're going to want to get on my email newsletter list by just going to shamelessmom.com newsletter so that you will know right away when enrollment opens for Momentum Mamas next week. So let me just tell you a few special things about Momentum Mamas. So Momentum Mamas is my membership community that I started about two and a half years ago. And this is an inclusive, transformative, sacred place where you can come to focus on you and to dream and to connect and do all the things that you don't ever have time to make space for in your life when you're in the middle of raising babies. So when you are in Momentum Mamas, you get a call with me every week. Every week we have a group coaching call on Mondays. It's phenomenal. They're all recorded so you can listen live. You can listen later to the recordings. But every week we have group coaching. We have a Facebook group, which is unbelievably supportive. Oh my gosh, I'm constantly blown away by how much support and love is given in that We also use that group for accountability, which is a lot of fun. And here's a few things that you're going to get as takeaways with this program. So during the course of Momentum Mamas, every month we have a theme. And these themes help you do things like learn how to get stuff done and stop doing the wrong things that are keeping you stuck, and start doing the right things that actually allow you to build some momentum and make progress in your life. You'll also learn how to make space for new habits. Actually, next month is going to be our book club month, which we have a quarterly book club. And we're going to be reading a book about habits. We also will be talking about how to stop minimizing yourself and put you at the top of your to-do list. You will determine your most powerful and positive qualities and how to use them to your advantage as we navigate another really tricky year. You will, over the course of your time in Momentum Mamas, learn how to deeply and greatly cultivate confidence and courage that will take you far in every aspect of your life. You're also gonna learn how to turn down overwhelm and add more time to your day while you learn how to follow your passions and slay. So there are so many good things that come out of this program. We have members now who've been in the program the entire time. They just keep renewing every year. They're on their third renewal now, coming up on the end of their third year. And I couldn't be more proud or more pleased to have this really special place for moms to come together to learn, grow, connect, and be accountable to dreaming outside of marriages and motherhood, right? This is a special place just for you. So if you are not on my newsletter list, just go to shamelessmom.com newsletter, and you will get all the information in your inbox for Momentum Mamas when enrollment opens up next week. That's shamelessmom.com slash newsletter. And you'll get all the goodies as soon as I have them ready for you next week. I need to ask you to share one more story. Sure. You have to tell (laughs) us about Will Smith. I hope I, I were you like, she's going to have something really embarrassing. (laughs) You You have to tell us about your relationship with Will Smith before we go, because we just, we all need to embrace this. Now we are all one degree closer to Will Smith. Okay. Will Smith, my BFF. Mine too. I mean, he doesn't know, but it's fine. Okay. So
1: I still can't believe this story, but it's real. I guess it wasn't last year. It was in 2018. I was on a plane. I was going from Denver to Portland and I get this message from my publicist. I have this amazing publicist, Margo, who forwards me an email. She got someone from a query and it said, Hey, this is the talent production staff or whatever for Will Smith's production team and, or his production company. And would love to invite Myrna to come to Will's house in Calabasas, California, along with some other people to participate in a panel that he has gotten together to help him decide items for his bucket list. And we've collaborated with writers, scientists, the best writers, the best scientists, the best adventurers to um, help him out with this. (laughs) (laughs) This is like so Um, unreal. And so I immediately wrote back to Margo. Margo, is this real? Like, (laughs) what is this about? What are you, is this Have you, did you do your research? And she says, oh yeah, it's real. It's a real talent company and it's Will Smith's production company. And I was about to, we were about to take off. So I was like, okay, I can't even think about this right now. I got to turn my phone off. Uh, so I'm in the air. And so we're going back and forth, you know, when I finally get Wi-Fi, and she says, yeah, are you available next weekend <laughs> or next week to fly out to LA? I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Well, actually you are. <laughs> well, actually she didn't even ask me because she already responded to them. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Myrna is available. Okay. And so I find myself. The following week in Calabasas with a writer from Outside Magazine, an editor from Condé Nash Travel, famous BMX cyclist, like a guy from who's a stunt jumper for Red Bull and all these like really cool people. And of course was feeling impostery, right? And I totally Mm -hmm. had imposter syndrome. I was like, what am I doing here? I don't belong. And so Margot says, You do belong. This is your place. And <laughs> I'm still stunned, but, you know, I'm a performing artist and so I can act real cool. <laughs> um, can totally play it all. All my years of theater and opera and stuff. And so we walk into his house. There are, you know, a couple of, us. obviously this is before COVID and cause I'm like getting a little anxiety about it now. Like we're so close together in the van. <laughs> 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 no one had masks on, but um, so, you know, we walk in the house, Will Smith comes and hugs everyone. Hey, how you doing? Thank you so much for being here. And I'm like, in my head, did I just hug Will Smith? Oh my God. Did I just hug the fresh MF Prince of Bel-Air right. in his house? And so we're, you know, we're there, we're, um, you know, getting to know each other. Some people were very standoffish because they were from LA. <laughs> and, you know, like, because I think the thing is like, who do I need to know? And who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not to say everyone in LA is like that, but that was that, that was that experience. That was the vibe. Right? That was the vibe of some people. Some people were very gracious and everything. And so we sit down in a square in the living room where I think the red table is filmed. And so there's a space next to me and I'm the last one out of hair and makeup. Will comes in and sits next to me. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) But I'm cool. I'm like, hey. (laughs) <laughs> you know, right. and so he goes around, and everyone introduces themselves, and they say, you know, thank you. I really want to do some, some scary, really introduce, uh, really awesome stuff for my bucket list for a show. And of course, I, by then we knew it was for a show because there were like four TV cameras on us at all uh-huh. times. He starts to his left. Everyone introduces themselves, and I'm like, holy what am I going to say? But me being the person that I am, when the camera is trained on me, I'm like in performance mode. Yep. And so I said, Hey everybody, my name is Myrna Valerio, also known as the Myrna Vader. I am, i left teaching 18 years of teaching. I am currently homeless. So if anybody got the hookup, let me know. And I'm a like, well, technically homeless, I said, and I'm an ultra marathoner, which means I run races of 26.2 miles and up. And I am a 2018 National Geographic Adventure of the Year. And so, oh my gosh! So Will stops and looks at me. He's like, "Wow! So, <laughs> so like you just what's your longest race?" And I said, "Well, a couple of weeks ago, I just finished a 120 miles, six day race in the Rockies, called the the uh, Trans Rockies Run." So wait, so you just ran 20 miles a day in the mountains for like shits and giggles yeah he's like wow I think I my I've only done a half marathon and I was like without skipping a beat I said well you're gonna have to level up <laughs> and in my head I said did I just say that to Will Smith oh my on God. camera and then he says you're right you're right I'm gonna have to level up <laughs> And so we have this whole like conversation, I'm cracking jokes, you know, just kind of being myself. And I made him laugh three times during that whole two hour long conversation. And then it was over and it was really cool. Well, I will tell you the end of that conversation. You know, the moderator asked him what some things that you'd love to do in acting that you haven't done that, that kind of scare you. He says, well, I really want to do a horror film, like a real horror film. And the other thing I want to do is I want to, I want to do a love scene with Halle Berry. And, and again, <laughs> without skipping a beat, I was like, how did to feel about that? Right. And so he laughed and it was like, he's like, you know, it's just for the movie. And so that was the way we, we left that conversation. Cat Koro was there serving mm. lunch. It was just this crazy thing. And so I, you know, the producers came over to me and I said, you were great. We're so wonderful. He loves you. We'll be in touch in my head again. I'm like, you're right. Because I know how TV works. You know, everyone says that, right? Right couple of weeks later comes I get stream of text messages on my phone from my publicist where are you you must pick up your phone you must have your phone on you at all times check your email and so the email was from Calabasas California again And can you help Will train for his marathon? Oh my gosh. (laughs) And what? Me? Okay. Amazing. Yes. Of course, Margot had already replied. Yes, she can. And so (laughs) I find myself that weekend flying out to LA again. This time they put me up at the Four Seasons. And so I had written a whole, I worked with my own coach to, and I am a coach, right? Mm -hmm. To work to create a plan for him because he wanted to do a whole marathon in eight weeks, which is not the smartest thing. Yeah. Especially if you're starting from zero. Right. Right. You know, I'm like, but well, he's pretty fit. I mean, did you see, Ali? Oh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I know he can be fit. His, His baseline for fitness is pretty Exactly. High. It's, yeah. Right. <laughs> Different from many of us. Right. And right. so I was like, fine, I'll do it. It's not smart. But then I get there. Oh, actually he wants to run a half marathon in Cuba. I'm like, oh, well, that's great. We can, mm-hmm. eight weeks is going to be great for that. In three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> fine and so I had you know I did this whole thing this whole training plan for him I did a physical assessment of him at a gym and you know and I'm cracking jokes with him on the treadmill I'm like oh that is that too fast that's too fast you don't like that incline oh and then I go and check his gait in the back I'm like don't worry I'm not looking at your butt like, that's okay I like when people look at my butt and we had a great time great conversation I get called back the next day to really go through the training plan I had formulated, you know, on the couch. And there were some very, very funny things. Like uh, I said, you're not going to have any recovery time because you, uh, you only have three weeks. So right now it's, it's time on your feet. Okay. So on your actual quote unquote recovery days, it's going to be active recovery. He's like, well, Mm -hmm. so can I have sex? (laughs) And I lost it. (laughs) And I was like, Myrna, oh my bring gosh. it back. And he said, Myrna, <laughs> bring it back. And yeah. And so it was supposed to be uh an episode, which it was an episode, but I didn't appear in the episode, which you know, oh. which was, you know, kind of disappointing, but whatever. I still got to spend time like two days with Will Smith in his house eating oh his food, uh, using his Such bathrooms. Good- anyway, so yeah, it, it was just this really cool, surreal thing. Like he's really smart. Mm. And, you know, now that I think about it, like his, the way he lives his life in in terms of like the things that he wants to learn, he hires people to help him learn that. Which is such a valuable lesson. I mean, even at the level, he doesn't have to do anything anymore, but he is still learning and still doing. And I love that about him and, you know, not to gush, but that's really cool. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And so that was that experience and it was, you know, I still can't believe I did that. And he made this great video for my son. He was like, hey, Rashid, what's up? How you doing? I'm with your mom. And because no one believed that I was actually there. Oh and goodness. I will tell you one really cool thing while I was at the Four Seasons in Westlake, California. <laughs> so after we, those two days, I went on a run the following day and Malibu came back on my way back to the hotel. Someone says Myrna and it was the producer who had put me on NBC Nightly News. She happened to be at that hotel. Oh wow that same day. And she's like, what are you doing here? Like I saw on Instagram that you were in California and like I didn't know you're gonna be here. So what are you doing? I was like, well, I was like, this is all you. You are the you put me on TV. I'm training Will Smith for his half marathon. She's like, what? She's like, first of all, this is all you. Wow, you know, (laughs) we were just so good. No. And I mean, if things didn't come full circle, that whole experience, I I mean, I don't know what does. Right. So yeah, that these like huge things have been happening in my life. And, but I do find it difficult to talk to people about these things,
0: because they're so unbelievable.
1: Yeah. And then people but think I'm bragging. I feel like people think I'm bragging, it's but not I'm, I'm not. Like, you it's know? such
0: a good story. I mean, this is why stories are so powerful though, because like you tell the story and then you wrap it up with like this lesson that like Will Smith is, he's still learning and he's hiring people to help him learn. And this is how you make your life better. And mm. like, that is so valuable. I mean, I wouldn't care if you just bragged about it, but <laughs> to bring it back to that is so valuable. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I have one more question for yeah. you. So tell me in one sentence, how you're currently showing up as a shameless mom.
1: I'm doing it for myself. I'm doing it for my son. I'm doing it for my family.
0: Yes. Love it. Okay. Where can people find you, follow you, stalk you, all the good stuff?
1: I am on Instagram. That's really my home (laughs) as the Myrnavator at the Myrnavator. I'm on Twitter at the Myrnavator. I am on Facebook. If you still use that Myrna Valerio dash the Myrnavator or fat girl running all one word. First letter is capitalized or in my group of 16 and a half thousand. Wonderful. Mostly people who identify as women, but there's some others there as well. Group that is non-diet culture focused, non-weight loss focused. It's only athletics focused. So we're there all caps fat girl running, and I will open it up to let you in.
0: Nice. Oh, I love that. So
1: good. And then you have a Patreon as well. Do you want to? I do. Sure. I have a Patreon, the Myrnavator, of course. And what I actually use that money for is to hire people to speak at my events, Mm. to do research, to like actually buy the books that I can support writers and artists and speakers um, to
0: help me spread the word of inclusivity and greatness. I love it. Oh, Brenna, you are such a gem. I'm so, so happy. Thank you for being here with us, for telling the stories and giving us lessons and just uh, making us believe that so many things are possible. I'm so excited to see what unfolds for you in the next year. So thanks for being here. Thank you. It was my absolute pleasure.